Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Mortis FM, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Grayson, one of your hosts. I'm not Grayson, also known as Cole, the other host. What's up, everybody? What's up, Grayson? How you doing? I'm fantastic. Today, first of all, you should be listening to this at the beginning of the new year. So happy new year. Happy 2024. Happy new year, everyone. Tell us your resolutions. How long you said- do you think you'll keep it up for? <laughs> I love you. how you said that last episode as well. Um, but hey, 2024 yeah, means a new year of Star Wars content. But, you know, I think we should go back and maybe look look at the year behind us and see, uh, you know, examine the content that 2023 brought to us. So today we will be ranking and discussing the the five major projects that came out in 2023 and uh and kind of ranking where where they sit with us and our and our favorites of the year and just kind of looking back on it and uh and then just getting excited for the year ahead so um time for reflection so grayson what are these five projects that we're going to be ranking today the five major projects are jedi survivor bad batch season two mandalorian season three ahsoka and Visions Season 2. That is not in any specific order. We're about to give you those in our specific order. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank them from five being the worst to one being the best. I'll say mine. Cole will say his. We'll just go back and forth. We're just going to let you know where we place them. And then we're just going to get into a full-fledged discussion, uh, see where they kind of cross over, match up, and then kind of talk about why maybe a project was better for myself or you or why it sat a little bit lower um, I'm honestly intrigued to see where you put yours at because yeah. we haven't really talked. I mean, we've talked about these projects on an individual scale, but not in like the grand scheme of 2023 and where we put right. them at. Yeah, um, we haven't we haven't tallied them up yet. So, yeah. but now we so, are. So now uh, we will. I have nothing else to address beforehand. So Cole, why don't you go ahead and just start us out? Tell me your number five. All right, my number five which is probably going to be contentious for some. My number five is Mando season three. Mine is the same. Very well. Yeah. Let us proceed. We, 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 will, we will talk about this uh, oh. after we, we rank them all up. Uh, my number four, um, which was actually really tough. I was uh, swapping between uh, three and four a lot. Right now, and I could be persuaded, but right now my number four is Visions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What's yours? Okay. Mine is Bad Batch season two. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna flop again. Grayson, what's your number three? My number three is Ahsoka. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, my my number three is Bad Batch season two. Okay. All right. I was curious how high you were gonna place it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what is your number two then? My number two is Ahsoka. Wow. Well, that's pretty close for mine because my three was Ahsoka for me. Two for me is Visions. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. So, Grayson, our number one then is, to no surprise, yes. Jedi, Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Yep. Um. All right. Let's let's get into this. So let's start from the bottom, and then we can make our way back up to. All right. Starting with you know we shared we shared a common a common one of that being Mando season three. Why was Mando season three at the bottom of all these projects for you? Yeah, so I I think we've we, we we've talked about this in intermittently from episodes here and there. I know that we went into it in our tier list a little bit. Uh, Mando season three, I'm not going to say was bad. I don't think it was bad. I just think it was. Uh, oh, I I would say it is it is very distant from the other two Mandalorian seasons. Yeah. Um I think in terms of 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 how that series has presented itself, um season 3 just fell really flat. Um and yeah. in in complete contrast to to the expectations for that season. I mean, I was gearing up for this to be like the best season ever, but in actuality, yeah. uh it just really didn't work for me. I feel like a yeah. lot of it was uh uh, some wasted potential. I think uh, a great deal of development uh, for the season was done in Book of Boba Fett, uh, which was bad. <laughs> um, that if you was... want to hear more about that, 
go check out part two of our tier list. We get all into the book of Boba Fett, but yeah, we know. get we, we get all into that. I think we talked about that for a while, actually. I think the longest um, out of that episode, yeah. Yeah, and so overall, overall, I would say Mando is uh, Mando season three was just uh, it was it was just kind of strange. You just didn't really expect what the season gave you, and it wasn't in a good way. It wasn't like a oh, you know, this is a a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. It, in more or less, it was a, a surprise, but also why why is the the season like this? I guess uh, yeah, it's we, it was something you were referencing. Uh, I think we were talking about one of the projects uh, last week and we were, you mentioned how like one of them was, was tonally confused. This doesn't necessarily feel tonally confused, but it just feels directionally confused. You know, the, the season starts and you think it's going to go like, Oh, this is the direction they're going that they're setting up the kind of the Mandalore stuff. Uh, And then we get more stuff regarding the Imperials. And then it's not until the end of the season that you get the, the sudden appearance of of Moff Gideon just which to be honest I did not think was going to be in the season at all so it felt very weird when he just came back out of nowhere yeah um, they were what it sounded like they were setting up something cool with him right mm-hmm. and then he's just suddenly there and then also dispatched you know in the in the span of a couple episodes basically it, you when that you know when that episode happens with like oh Moff Gideon you know he broke out of uh his little his his transport to get to uh, the prison or you know to, to trial or whatever you're like oh this maybe feels like a tease that they're setting up for the next season right like oh Moff Gideon yeah. got out but like hey we're focusing on on Mandalore and Bo-Katan and the, and the reclaiming and reunifying of the Mandalorian cultures and and subcultures as we see it um, which yeah. they did ultimately do but even then like when the finale comes and you know Moff Gideon is there and he's he's pulling a a, a Palpatine or pulling a, a you know, a, a star killer from force unleashed two, or at least what Vader was doing where like, he's like, oh, I'm trying to clone myself and give myself the force. And you know, yeah. it's just, it's like they, they threw a lot of ideas into one thing and in, in a very crammed season. And I mean, yeah, like the damage that the book of Boba Fett did to this season, we've, we've talked about before. I think the season would have been more cohesive or what would have just, felt a little bit more satisfying if they had spent, you know, the first half of the season, you know, getting or the full season, honestly, but the first half of the season, getting Mando and Grogu back together in their own show. Yeah. And then moving forward with like, Hey, let's start unifying all the Mandalorians. And then the season ends with like, we're going to retake Mandalore. And then season four starts with bam, like they're, they're, you know, they're on Mandalore. They're trying to get it back and whatever is happening there. And then the last half of the season is like, Oh, Remember what we set up last season where Moff Gideon broke out? Well, now he's back. It, yeah. it just—it felt like it was a two-season endeavor that they crammed into one, and they were just kind of hopping all over the place. Yeah. Um, See, yeah. that—that's the thing, because like we—I remember we—we uh, we both kind of pointed this out at the time that it felt like they were trying to push uh, Din into a position into where he was available for a future movie or mm-hmm. future project or something. So it felt like everything was like just kind of rushed because they had been Fast setting track. up, they'd been setting up the the Moff Gideon cloning stuff since like season one, I think. Like they they started yeah. like planting those seeds, and then it amounted to really nothing. I mean, yeah. at least as far that, as we know. But even yeah, then, it's kind of like it's just it felt really rushed. Um, I felt like they were just trying to kind of push him, but push Mando into a position of. Oh, he's not doing anything, so he'll be available for the movie or for, you know, whatever else we're doing with him. Um, And, uh, yeah, I just think it was kind of a waste, just just a waste of uh, potential for the show. It just it um, fell flat, and, and and you said at the beginning like it's not bad. Like I didn't sit there watching it and be like, man, I like I hate this. I'm so annoyed yeah. watching this. It was just it was frustrating and to the extent of, you know, certain episodes would like I think about the episode where they had to save um, Paz Vizsla's son. Like there that episode, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like we spent a whole episode on this. You know, this seems like a fraction of a bigger episode, and then. You know, you can't help and go without mentioning the the Lizzo Jack Black thing, and yeah, it's just you know, like the the coolest and most different episode was when we focus on, and I'm forgetting the scientist's name, um, but it's like Aaliyah, Aaliyah, 
Aliyah Kane, I believe, is the she was the undercover yeah. agent for Gideon. Like that yeah. stuff was really cool. We get to see more of Coruscant. Also, we I mean, we get more of Grogu's backstory of Keller and Beck is the one that say like that yeah. stuff is is cool. That I don't cool. mind that stuff. Yeah, it's just. It, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's like a, it was a fast track to make Mando as available as quickly as possible. And I really do think that's why Grogu and Mando got back together in Book, Book, Book of Boba Fett so they could spend yeah. time making Din available for whatever is happening next. And I don't like that. I think they sacrificed the the vision and the tone of what the Mandalorian was for the sake of just making him available. And that sucks. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a terrible form of irony because Mando season one was basically this explicit statement of this is not connected to the overarching Star Wars story. This is a a standalone independent type of adventure. Mm -hmm. And then in efforts to connect him to the, the broader universe, that independent story is not exactly ruined, but rushed and wasted and in it's disappointing it's it's it's, yeah. it's disappointing you know like i don't think it was bad but i think um i think season three and i mean you can see you know some people might disagree with me but you can see some inklings of that in season two where they start to bring in more iconic characters into his story yeah. um and while i don't see you know a lot of things wrong with that i just think that it makes the universe feel small um and star wars is meant to be you know vast right yeah um, i mean the characters that they brought into season two at least it, it worked because they were characters that made sense um yeah. i'd say maybe the one that was the biggest stretch was was ahsoka but even then it, it like yeah you know there's not that many jedi or people who would assume is a jedi in the galaxy at the time you know the mission of that season was to get grogu to his his masters to his people that being the jedi and there's not that many out there it was really just ahsoka and luke and so um so i mean like bo katan like her showing up i was like oh that was really cool and it was a one thing and then she pops up again at the end of the season like we're getting those teases the mandalorian boba fett naturally makes sense Din goes to Tatooine yeah. often. We know Boba is there. We also got characters like Cobb Vanth. That was a really cool inclusion from the Aftermath books that they actually yeah, brought that was, in. That like, was cool. And then, you know, Luke Skywalker showing up at the very end was, it made sense. He is the Jedi in the galaxy at the time and Grogu was given to him. And so those characters, when they show up, like it made sense to me. I was like, you know, like I get, obviously they're including more, but it still feels that like adventure of the week and they're still succeeding and getting him to that point. And the emotional payoff at the end of season two was really good. And then I think season three, they were just like, because of Book of Boba Fett in season three, those two projects kind of continuously just really skewed the the progress and the overall direction of the Mandalorian, you know? Um, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, it, it bothers me to think now about how one of the main re- one of the main like plot uh, devices of season two was to get Grogu to his master. And that was how it ended. And then that is completely undone in terms of the show off screen because it's in another show. And so season three starts with the entire reason for season two existing already, you know, being undone or -hmm. reversed. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's wasted potential. I mean, I feel like they're just uh, we could do a whole episode on this. I Uh, I mean, we we said it before, like Mandy season three, the premiere of that show should have been the the episode the return of the mandalorian from book of boba fett that episode is amazing on its own it is a that is a an incredible episode in a show that's not the mandalorian and i also never had a problem with din showing up showing up in the book of boba fett like i think that makes sense but it should have just been like hey i'll come help you you help me out i'll help you and then that teases where we're going with mando season three but he doesn't meet up back with grogu ahsoka and luke are not there you know he still has the dark saber from from that show and then it's like Basically, the episodes that Din is in, just get rid of the one where it's him by himself and the one after that and just make the like make one of the episodes like, hey, we're going to go get the Mandalorian. We're going to ask for his help. He assembles this crew of bounty hunters and outlaws and enforcers like Chris Santon and Fennec Shand and throw Bosk in there. Why not? And, you know, people like that. That was also sorry. I don't want to make it about dirge, but it's that'd be crazy. He's alive at that time, too. But um, yeah, just and then, you know. 
it's okay for the book of Boba Fett to at least like have Mando and then set up what season three was going to do. But I mean, the damage that that show did to what Mando season three was trying to do, it, it just, it's clear attempts at the corporate side of Disney and Lucasfilm trying yeah. to make him available and be like, let's get Grogu toys back and everything. Like it's not Mando. Like I feel like on a board, they were like, it can't be the Mandalorian without Grogu. And I'm like, that's not true. I was like, I mean, yes, he's integral to that, but like, and then I would have been okay with an entire season without Grogu, you know, let Din process and in a way grieve the, 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 the loss of Grogu. And, you know, of course we can get little scenes of showing Grogu training with Luke yeah, right? I was I was about to say, like, if you want to have more Grogu toys, just have half of Mando season three or like snippets of it. Like have the have the story be divided, yes. you know, show 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 us what these two characters are like separate from one another. You know, you can still do the Keller and Beck thing of like Luke, you know, finally connecting with Grogu and seeing his backstory. And we get yeah. that, little things like that, whereas like, you know, Grogu is with his people, the Jedi and and. Mando is with his people, the Mandalorians, but he still can't help but shake this feeling like he misses his son, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just fast and lazy writing. And that's why it's the bottom. I will say the one thing I do like about this season is the stuff regarding the Mandalorians. I think that is the best stuff in this season. The, Mm -hmm. the things where Mando, we, we've, we saw a, a post about this and you shared it with me and it made me feel a lot better. And I think for you as well of, the fact yeah. that Din Djarin is a kingmaker, you know, he put someone like Grief Karga into into power and a leadership on Navarro and it's thriving. He did this. He's doing the same thing with Bo-Katan, you know, all these different characters. There was another he character. Boba be the, uh, he helped Boba uh, surface himself as the daimyo. It, yeah, he helped Cobb um, Vanth like with uh, with their town, you know, with the call it he free got, town now. He got a Cara Dune, uh, her position basically is a uh, one of the rangers right right like she, he's um, he's these he's this support role and i'm like that's a really cool idea it, it and it backs up and creates a really strong foundation of like hey mando is not the main character you know he, it, but like yeah. he's the main character of the show but in the greater scheme of all these other characters that you know and love or have these bigger uh and higher senses of duty and purpose he's just there to help them out you know, he's a he's a he's a drifter, you know, like he goes from place to place, changes people's lives and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just yeah, th- that's his kind of character. It's all about um, him trying to find his own place by helping others. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I'm told I, I, I love that re- that revelation that that he's a kingmaker. I think it would be uh, a really intriguing like season three, if we spent the entire time of him like battling with himself about having the dark saber and having that, you know, responsibility. And then it could and be a really him. great, yeah, it could be a really great character moment where he just passes the torch and just goes like, this is not meant for me. This is, this is meant for you, Bo, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, ex- yeah. I, go, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say like, he, he accepts him. His role is that he doesn't want to be a King. He wants to be a father. Yeah. Um, and then we and we could even have that that uh, like reuniting at the end of season three, right? I would mm-hmm. be okay with that because then we'd have a full season of experiencing like what he's like without Grogu. Yeah, um, I I've always viewed Din Djarin in the way, or not always, but like over time, I've always loved to view him in the way that he's kind of like the main character of an Elder Scrolls game. Uh, yeah. specifically like the hero of Kavat from Oblivion, or I mean even the Dragonborn in in Skyrim like yes the dragonborn is the person who defeats the dragons but like you know in a lot of quests and things you know you're hel- helping out the yarls of the towns and things like yeah. that you're this character and, and for you know for oblivion you just help save this one town as some something that mando would do but in the end of the game i won't say anything for people who haven't played oblivion even though it's a nearly 20 year old game he he just supports the person who does save the the uh, save the world in the end of the day, you know, he's, yeah. he, and he puts the, that character in a position of power. Like, and that's always been so cool to me is to f- make him, the Mandalorian is kind of like a very video game type character where he's, he's leveling yeah. up and he's me- meeting these new companions. He's and getting going new on these, armor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's perfect video game material, but, um, so, so yeah, I was I mean, going to say, it'd be great. It'd be great. That Mando. What, game. Maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, I'd love that, but yeah, that's just, I think that explains enough of why we put Mando season three in, in our bottom slot. 
Um, yeah, not bad. Uh, just kind of wasted potential. Yeah, I hope do better. <laughs> I hope it, they streamline and and focus more of him on him as a character in the future. Um, truly, his his development. Yeah. but we'll see. What was your number four? My number four was Visions, but Visions. it was it was kind of hard to put it there. Like two two through four for me. Um, Same. I hard. I really just I really just love. I mean, like I I love all of these projects in their own way, but two through four was just really tough to sort them. I feel like it could change in any moment. So do you want to um, talk about visions first? Do you want to talk about bad batch season two first? Cause that's, that's my number four. Okay. We'll go, we'll, we'll go into bad batch season two all first. Right. Um, I, the, the reason why I put bad batch as number three and not four was mm-hmm. because I, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the absolute majesty of those crosshair, uh, the, the, so those uh, those crosshair episodes, and I, I know that it doesn't make up for the rest of the show, but I think also um, those two episodes about uh, Rex and and Echo and helping the senator. Um, those I think were that good. yeah, I think that was really good too, and I think ultimately it was uh, it's leading up to something that I think could be really good. I'm really excited for season three of Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, I feel like at this point it's no more um, episode of the week type stuff. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, spoilers for Bad Batch Season 2, Omega is captured, right? Like, we don't have time to be running around doing odd jobs. Like, we have to find her, right? And we're going to be going back and forth between the Bad Batch and Omega and Crosshair on Mount Tantus together. Yeah. Um, which, I'm just really excited for that. But, we're going to talk about Season 2. I'm not going to try to go too much into Season 3. Um, I just... In retrospect, I just thought it was really enjoyable. I loved how it built up uh, the Bad Batch as a family. I thought it had some really heartfelt moments. um, And I thought that it was really good at establishing just how lost Crosshair was without his his team. Um, And so, yeah, ultimately, I just I look back on it, you know, just in in a really good light. Um, Obviously, like most of the. I didn't put it at number one because, you know, most of the season isn't like absolutely stellar material, but it's still good. I, I thought yeah. it was a good time. Yeah, for me, I, I didn't put it at number four just because I was like, oh, it's bad. Like, I like season two better than I like season one. I think yeah. the the good content in in Bad Batch is is more frequent than, than the episodes that I didn't like. Bad Batch season two, I didn't keep up with. Uh, I was bad about keeping up with week to week. Yeah. Um, until it hit a certain point and I caught up and I was like, oh, I really like I really like this season. Um, the, the Crosshair episodes are incredible. I think the development that they give to, to tech is really good. Yes. Um, and sets up with towards the end of the season. <laughs> because, but of course, they gave them a bunch of development. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. They were like, hey, we got to yank the heartstrings here. But it's just it, the only reason it's in number four is just because I enjoyed the other projects more. That's really it. Like, I just. Yeah. I think perfectly understandable. The, like I just think the other projects are more consistent and were were ones that I I was when I think about viewing them or experience them I was like man like I was more consistently just having a blast and enjoying the story present or stories presented to me. Yeah. Um, Bad Bat season two kind of felt like it was like yeah like 70 percent of this is like really good and there's still those episodes where it's kind of like all right we're we're kind of dawdling a little bit, you know. Um, and not yeah. to say those episodes are bad. Like I don't like I don't think they're bad. I just remember being like oh this is not. This is not my favorite thing ever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, in my opinion, a step up from season one. Right. Um, yeah, like those those kinds of episodes that it's like, mm, you know, we're we're not, you know, doing doing what I feel like we should be doing. Uh, I think I said this in either our tier two, our tier part two episode, or our tier part one. Yeah. Like those kinds of shows, uh, people get really caught up on using the the word filler. When you know, when you take a look at back of your some uh, back of uh, some of your favorite shows, like they, like a lot of them have filler as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if what you call is filler, you know, it's the same case there. It's moments for our characters to breathe. It's space in between these intense moments where we can watch them grow and face uh, kinds of challenges that they otherwise would not. Um, and yeah, I do understand that it is, yes, ultimately it is to stretch out a show, but I think that there is some merit to those kinds of episodes. Oh, um, yeah. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think, um, at least to my recollection, at the very least, 
for our filler episodes of Bad Batch season two, they were all still enjoyable in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Uh, like I think about the the there's like a two uh, a two part kind of episode where they get stuck on kind of this almost pseudo uh like desert planet not desert but more yeah. like ro- rocky kind of gives um old west coal mine sort of vibes or they're going to get yeah. these materials um and and it kind of leads into like a temple of doom style thing or there's these kids that are being used as as slaves and i was like oh this like this isn't main bad batch material but it's still i'm enjoying this or the episode where where tech is gets the race the little pod not a pod racer but the like, yeah that's not really an, an important episode, but I love that episode because of how much it made me appreciate tech more. Like, I'll be honest, like I didn't really care for tech in the beginning. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was like, you actually didn't really like tech. All, or I mean, like you just, you, he was, was basically, like, mm. he was just like, he was just the guy. And then um, I cried. I cried what happens to the end. I was like, yeah. Um, but that, so that two parter episode where they get stuck on the desert like that, um, that serves a moment, too, because it shows us uh, how how Sid is unreliable when when Bro, the team, yes. when, when the batch needs her, you know, they, they were calling for her help. And like she, you know, it's just like, oh, you lost the thing. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to help you or I'll be back to you in like a, a month or so. She um, sucks, bro. I hate her. Yeah, she sucks. And it, and it set that up for for the future uh, betrayal. Uh, at the end of the season which is so good those um, last couple episodes especially i mean we also got the, like the return of the zillow beast dude yeah like, yeah that, that was, was really cool that was so cool we, we got a lot of uh clone commando action we got scorch back scorch is on the prowl like going up dude. against the batch which i really hope that they give us delta squad in season three like full-on delta squad versus bad batch you know that that's what needs to happen guys um hemlock as a character really engaging it's Loved so that. good um we got to we got to see them uh it was like in the last uh it was it was where we lost tech ultimately um where they attack there's the attack on the tower you see you see tarkin you see krennic um you saw guerrera um it's it's good it's It's a it's very enjoyable so bad batch um, gets a gets a no pun intended a bad rap but yeah, it's yeah. like again like I, it's only in my number four just because i liked the other projects more it's not because i was like like th- there is a bit of a gap between mando season three and bad Batch season two when you know those shows were there was a point where they were crossing over a little bit and so we would get a, a week right. or a couple weeks where we were getting a bad batch episode and a mando episode and every week that that happened i was like bad batch was better than mando <laughs> it's like, yeah i know i saw i remember watch i mean i remember seeing this meme on on twitter where it was like uh it's like that that shot for shot of uh guys like sitting uh just like really yeah yeah, yeah. it's that, yeah. that's exactly what it is so like uh it says when there's a mando episode and, and it's just they're these just dudes deadpan. deadpan but when it's a bad batch episode they're just yes yes yeah, um yeah. which is just the strangest thing in the world because you think that it would be the exact opposite yep um but no bad batch i mean enjoyable week week by week uh yeah, didn't let I'm- me down I'm really excited for season three. I think season two sets up a lot of really cool stuff. And I, um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I was, we don't even, didn't even mention like the stuff with, with Palpatine and the, the manipulation Palpatine of stuff? Rampart. And I the, mean, and the, the clone rebellion with Echo and those clones hijacking the ship, dude. Yeah. Fireball. My guy, Fireball. One of the He's best new crazy. clones. Oh man. Oh Mm, I'm so excited yeah. for Bad Batch. It's, it's good. Season, season two of Bad Batch was was genuinely good. I so I I, I mean just, no disrespect when I put it at number four. Yeah, no, per, perfectly understandable. I just I want more shows from that animation studio. Yes, because every time they put something out, I'm just like, yes, more of this. We got Tales of the Jedi, Clone Wars, Rebels, two, Bad Batch. That's right. And wow. Bad Batch season three this year. That's two two animated shows th- this year that we're get, getting, and I'm I'm stoked. I'm 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 really distraught that uh, Bad Batch is going to end with three seasons. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it leads up to like a Clone Rebellion show, um, but yeah. that's probably a little too far fetched. Honestly, at that case, they might as well just you know have it be another Bad Batch yeah. uh, season. But yeah. Anyway, all right. So, do you want to talk about Visions next? I, yeah, let's let's go and talk about Visions. Yours was, because that's probably the biggest contrast, because I had mine at two and you had it at four. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll, since you started with Bad Batch and it, it being a little bit higher, I'll, I'll put, I'll start with Visions. Um, 
I don't know what I, and I know it's an unpopular opinion. I don't know why it it just hit me so well. But to to be honest, like Vision season two, I enjoyed from beginning to end. Every single episode yeah. that. Season one has a lot of really good episodes, but there's, again, we've talked about this before in our tier list. There's some episodes in there that I'm, I can't help but be like, eh, but we watched season two of visions together. And I remember watching it and every single episode, just, I was like, this is beautiful. And and I think what helps a ton is they branched off from it just being strictly anime. It's, it's anime. It's all different animation styles, which I think does a lot for the show. I mean, I love I love anime and anime styles, and those are still there in, in season two. But, you know, you get things like Claymation and one episode that is a little closer to Clone Wars animation style. And um, and it just a lot of uh, vast different stylistic choices. And um, even the episodes that I thought I wasn't going to like, um, what was the episode? Oh, Screecher's Reach, an episode yeah. that... Absolutely. Like I watched it and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And then the end, I was floored. I was like, this is amazing. And it's it's one of those things where I've, I talked about this on Tales from the Archives. By the way, if you didn't go check out our, our second stream of that that happened uh, a few days ago, go check it out. It's on any of our channels. Um, but uh, that show really helped me appreciate things that are non-canon. Um, yeah. Because that show, I mean, the whole point was like, oh, it's just different stories by these different storytellers. They don't need to fit into the grander story or the canon or mythos. But the thing is, is like a lot of the the episodes, you you really could try to fit them in if you wanted to, or they could be part of your Star Wars. And so Screechers yeah. Reaches, I'm like, man, like I view this as like some either way off in the future of, of after Return of the Jedi or the sequels or like way in the past of this just this dark side being tempting this young girl who's strong in the fort. Like it's, it's cool stuff like that. You had the one where, um, there it's like this artist that she's using like her art to like, uh, yeah. To, to, to like, like, like wait off the dark side or something like yeah, that. It's like, cause she used to be a Sith and now she's not. And then you get like, I mean, probably one of like my this favorite cool episodes. bike or something too. Yeah. She had an awesome speeder bike and a droid as well. Um, you had journey to the dark head, which is a really, I really good. That's I dude, really love the, that one. That that episode there shows what just a modern anime could, in Star Wars could do. Um, I I think a, I remember specifically saying when we finished watching Journey to the Darkhead, I was like, dude, I wish that was a show. Give me the I full wa- thing. Yeah, I wanted to watch that show. Um, yeah, Vision Vision season two is. I mean, you're you're right. I I actually. I hadn't thought about that in a long time where it's a uh, vision season one was, was all uh, explicitly anime. Um, and I'm pretty sure all of it was from uh, uh, Japanese creators, which is amazing. Yeah. But vision season two was not only many different animation styles, but it was many different cultures and studios from around the world. Yep. Um, which I just think was a great way to show what the world can offer in terms of, you know, what we think star Wars is to us. Um, ultimately I think this uh, just star Wars visions as a whole, both season one and two, uh, is very indicative of kind of the, the purpose of Mortis FM, which is just, you know, what, you know, how we feel about star Wars, what we think it is and, and why we love it, you know, our own Mm -hmm. interpretations of it. So yeah, I mean, vision season two, I mean, you're right. Like I, I didn't really think about it, but Season two, even though season one has some amazing episodes, season two just kind of knocks season one out of the water. Yeah. Because season two is just like banger after banger. I mean, it's it's just all really good. Uh, the the only so again, episode that I didn't particularly fancy, and it was and not that it was bad, it was just the one it was about the the girl and her mother, uh, that they're like they're doing a race and it was like wedge it like capitalist wedge Antilles, you know, remember that was that? so Where, funny though. I yeah. love that. <laughs> like that was the episode that I was like, I don't love this episode, but at the end of it, I did, I did like get a little emotional with the the message it was trying to portray. And I was like, I still liked that. You know, I, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I still loved that episode. I thought that it was so sweet. Yeah. Like uh, when, when it started, I was like, I was like, okay, you know, like this is a very uh, kind of slice of life type thing. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, even I just, I, I just felt, you know, all warm and fuzzy by the end of the, yeah. uh, the end of that it's episode. Good. So even it's, that one struck a chord with me. What was the episode, um, where it's the girl, she's like, she's four since, well, sorry, there was, I'm like going back and looking at all this stuff. There was one where, uh, 
they live on this planet where there's like a like mountain full of kyber crystals, right? That they like that this Jedi comes yeah. through and they like purify, right? Um, uh, that was and, the last one in the season. Yes, and then there's a there's another one where it's about a an, uh, an older sister and a younger sister that are both force sensitive, and they're the Imperials have taken over their planet and created this plant, and they both finally like give into the force, like you know, because their mom was force sensitive. Uh, yeah, and like that episode, that episode just that hit me right here. I, yeah. I I love that episode, and I know that maybe an unpopular take. It's not like super traditional, but I don't know. It just it just it hit a, me so hard. There was also in that episode that was just absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was called the the Spy Dancer, where like it's basically that it's like this uh imperial controlled planet where they go to this uh, almost kind of like casino theater type place. Yeah. Um, where uh, what was it? They they had like some kind of a like special like a dancers. Or, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it was just done so beautifully, and it shows just kind of the the contempt for for Imperials. Yeah. Um, that that you know people that they occupy their planets of. There was um, a lot they, of that in that season, especially there was the the one where they had the the people in the the giant hole burrowed in the ground, and they yeah, were the pit. And, yeah. yeah. That was such a good episode too, man. Like yeah. Oh, and then there was there was that one where uh, there was the the older brother uh, trying to escort his his younger sister um, the, to like a safe that was, slate. That was uh, very like India or Pakistan influenced. Yeah, and then you you see like that that older woman who's got like a cane and she uh like opens it up and's got two sabers, which like yeah. uh, the the animation style for that one was uh, very uh, reminiscent of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sith for that too, oh, it's just really good. Yeah, this the Inquisitor um, in that episode. Yeah, it's really good. It those cultures, those that cultural influence was so heavy in that episode, and I was like, man, like it's so cool to see how much Star Wars has influenced all these other all these other cultures and for them to put, kind of put their own spin on it. I mean, when George yeah. made star Wars, it was very influenced by, you know, um, sci-fi serials or, or Western series, radio serials in general. And then as well as, uh, Kurosawa and, and West, it was, you know, it was literally like a, like samurai Western influence, you know, and he was, he was mm. pulling from, from Western and Eastern cultures. And it's like the idea that Star Wars can also bring in from other cultures because again you said it's so vast the galaxy yeah. is so vast it just creates this really cool opportunity for these creators and that's why I think I appreciated Visions season two so much because um, it just like it just opened my eyes to a lot of like all these different stories that could happen and ones that I wouldn't think I would would normally like I absolutely loved yeah I think it just kind of reminds us that if Star Wars is told in a in a non-linear format, um, then it is still really special. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and I think it's it's really endearing because I mean for for people that um, just so closely adhere to what's canon and, and what's not, when they look at visions, they could just turn off their brain, you know, because yeah. it's just it's just fun Star Wars. You got um, you don't got to worry about the connecting the dots or anything. It's all yeah. just it's just isolated like, I'm gonna go one by one. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, mm. yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think I'm gonna bump up visions to probably three. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they're visions and Bad Batch are just so close for me. Um, That's the thing is, I I can totally understand the argument of Bad Batch season two being like in your third spot. Um, if someone told me it was in their first place, I wouldn't knock them. I mean, that's the thing is I don't really, I'm not mad about that stuff. I don't care. We it's, said the same thing in a, our tier, tier list part two. Go, go watch that right now. We keep plugging that, but, yeah. um, it's already made a, it's already got a lot of views, by the way. Thank you for 60 subs. We are very close to 70 already. You you guys, I mean, anybody who is new to our show, we welcome you. We appreciate you being here, man. I love Star It's Wars. tough. I love Star Wars. And yeah. also, Star Wars is forever. That's a new that's a new term that I'm that I'm I'm not coining, but I am adapting. Um for context, I I have recently acquired the the art and the making of the Force Unleashed. And in the beginning, the, the foreword is done by Hayden Christensen. And he said that internally at Lucasfilm there is a saying that Star Wars is forever, in quotes. Uh and that's so great. He's, and he's like I, he's like, I love that because it's true. Um so yeah. I love Star Wars and Star Wars is forever. 
But yeah, uh, so are you confident Ooh. in putting Vision Season 2 at 3, or are you just kind of like, eh, it's, it's in that 3 to 4 range? I honestly, this feels like such a cop-out, but like, Bad Batch, they're just, tied. They're, they're, they're just tied for me, man. I mean, like, I just, I think that they're so good in their own way. It's really hard to rank Visions alongside something, because yeah. it's just so unique in its own way. Um... I'll think about it. I'll think yeah. about it. It, it, it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. This isn't our tier list. This is just the more so us talking about 2023 projects and which ones we liked the best and which ones were maybe yeah. we liked a little bit less. But but yeah, Visions, in my opinion, I think people have been sleeping on it a ton. If you Absolutely. If you and if you haven't watched it, I know a lot of people who haven't watched season two, go watch it. It's really, really good. Please do. Like, I mean, you've got, you've got such good Star Wars content to go through, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes yeah. me want to read the Ronin book. Dude, I've been there's a did you see that there's a Ronin comic coming out? Uh No this, way. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's it's and it's uh, it's basically a, an American manga. The art the it's a manga artist. He's writing it and he's doing the artwork and it comes out when you're listening to this, it comes out this month. We're recording this on New Year's Eve. So Dude, imagine yeah. if they made a Ronin show. I would be there. I'd, I'd be there. So fast. And it, I don't even care if it's connected to anything, man. It's so cool. He's literally this this wandering uh, literally wandering Ronin who who kills Sith. He takes out Sith. Like, that's cool. Here, Throw that in the Old Republic, bro. I don't, like... Yeah, ugh. here's here's the thing, dude. It's, I mean, unless you really start thinking of some, spe- uh, like, uh, specifications, Star Wars is millennia spanning. So mm-hmm. all of this could theoretically fit like in in some certain way shape or yeah form. and you know, I, like mind, if, I actually i view visions as like really in the future because you see you see like imperial helmets but also first order yeah. helmets and you see and and in my head i'm like yeah it's like it's thousands of years in the future there's there's maybe a bunch of sith running around like you know or people who are claiming to be sith and the ronin is just like you know he's he's not a jedi he's just out there killing sith man like it's, it's just it's just pure pure entropy you know, so cool. it could be in another galaxy, you know, like yeah. we, we, we've got other galaxies established now. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool mm. stuff. Yeah. It, word of advice. Don't get so hung up on canon. Enjoy stories, even if they're not connected to canon or whatever. It's different storytellers. It's OK if stories are different, as Dave says. But yeah. I think we should go ahead and talk about Ahsoka because Ahsoka was my number three and your number two. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that is the that is the the second to last project we should discuss. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go into it. Uh, Ahsoka, I, I put Ahsoka as my season two. Um, you know, I, initially, I, I, put Ahsoka, I, I, put, I put Ahsoka <laughs> as my ranking two. Uh, sorry, I'm just, I got season two on the brain. Um, but I put Ahsoka as my second ranking um, because just looking back on the show, because we still have to do our retrospective mm-hmm. um, eventually, uh, I, it's, it's just, uh, it's just kind of pure Star Wars, you know? It is. Um, there, there are some moments, especially in the latter half of the season that I was like, eh, you know, I'm not sure how, how I feel about the execution here, but ultimately it was still really well done. And I just thought that it was such a satisfactory Star Wars story that yeah. adds a lot to the universe that we have right now. It, you know, especially just adding the fact that we've got another galaxy that that we are visiting now um that season two will probably take place in i mean not probably that season two will take place in um it better it better yeah it better if they stray away from that i'm gonna be very upset (laughs) yeah it it, i mean it it added on top of of rebels we we got some closure to to the rebels conclusion finally um we got to see ezra and uh sabine and ahsoka we got we, we got hera you know it's we we've got a lot of great things here and then we have the addition of Balin and Shin which are two fantastic characters which I have to see more of um and you know wonderful performances of course uh we also got Thrawn in live action um I I just think ultimately it was uh it was an adventure that was very fun and entertaining for me um that you know also we got we got Hayden Christensen uh back as as our as our good man anakin we got we got mm-hmm. some flashbacks with him um a really cool world between worlds sequ- sequence between ahsoka and anakin slash vader yeah um it was just awesome i mean yeah. i yeah 
Well, was you know, we yeah. st- we started our show when Ahsoka started. That was kind of the the kickoff of, of Mortis FM. And so um, if you want our deeper thoughts week to week, feel free to go back and listen to those episodes. I think we've got about, I want to say nine or ten episodes because we did some extra ones in there. But if you're yeah, interested, go back yeah, and listen wow. to that. But that was a show that like you and I were just so excited week to week to go yeah. back and and watch, you know, we were or not go back, but to just watch. I was like, man, I cannot wait for Ahsoka, you know? Um, and lately that's been kind of, I don't want to say rare, but like, you know, a lot of the shows, they vary in quality. And um, yeah. the only reason, only reason why I put vision season two above it is because I watched it all in one day and I was like, bro, I love this, you know? Yeah. Um, but Ahsoka is, is again, for me is pretty close up there where it is, it's just pure Star Wars. It's, it's eight episodes of Star Wars goodness, uh, great lightsaber fights, um, really good special effects, good performances across the board. And it, it sets up some really good story threads for whatever's happening in the main galaxy, but also what's happening on Peridia. And again, Balin character of the year, in my opinion, I mean, he's the, he was one of the best yeah. inserts into Star Wars and it just expands on so much of the, the history and the mythology when it comes to the Pergil and the different galaxies and the star maps and what's going on with, with the Zepho and the Dath Miri yeah, and the Night Sisters, of, right? And of, and of course, Mortis, right? So Yeah, Mortis, which was just a, a bomb drop at the end there. Yeah. That was, that's one of my favorite moments. That moment itself was one of my favorite moments of, of the year was when that happened. I was like, yo, okay, the story's not done. Like there's, there is clear, clearly more set up here. The story is yet to be over. And that's yeah. why I like, I think maybe you and I appreciate Ahsoka a little bit more. The more, and I love the, these discussions because they just help me appreciate these things more. I I mentioned a little while ago that I'd been kind of down on Ahsoka because it hasn't been get, like there's a lot of haters for it, you know, and there's a lot of haters for Star Wars in general. Yeah. Um, but the the show I just really enjoyed, you know, and I think I was maybe letting people and their thoughts of the show just affect me too much of like, well, maybe I shouldn't like this, you know. The it starts um, bogging you down, you know. Yeah. The, the the negativity just really gets to you sometimes mm-hmm. um and it, it starts subconsciously changing your perspective yeah uh man i i completely forgot to mention we got hu yang in there <laughs> one of the best droids 10 out Maybe of 10. one of my favorites yeah i mean it's, it's one of mine yeah mm. yeah it's it's a good show all around i think it's got a really great cast of characters it does a lot for not the myth, not only the mythology of the galaxy, but the mythology of the Force. With that, you know, tying into Sabine's training and mm-hmm. um, even um, little Jason Sundula and his powers yeah. in the Force, and you know, like you said, Ezra coming back. There's just a lot there, and uh, I'm really excited to see see more of Poridia and that galaxy. And specifically, I just want to know what Balin is up to and how Ahsoka and Sabine are going to stop him. You know. I need I need more uh, Mortis related content because we haven't I mean like we we've gotten snippets here and there, but only snippets. But now it's it's finally led up to this, and mm, rest we were, in peace though Ray. Rest we in peace were, Ray. Rest in peace Ray Stevenson. Truly, it, and it it makes me so sad. I I really do hope, uh, in the midst of filming, you know, Tales of the Jedi season two is coming out. Like I said, I really hope he got to do some voiceover. For Balin, I hope they were cooking oh, some yeah. some episodes of a young Man. young Balin and uh, and his kind of departure from the Jedi and him finding Shin. That's something I'm I'm fairly certain that literally everybody wants. <laughs> um, I so. I oh I would love that so much because he yeah. was a general. So like I want to see him in the Clone Wars. General Skull. Mm. Mm. <sighs> Ahsoka's great. Ahsoka was was really solid and and one of my favorite you know, live action shows that we've gotten. I mean, for, for me, it's like Ahsoka, Mando, and Andor. Those are kind of like the the three just just really good Star Wars content and, and yeah. do a lot of different things in a really cool way. You know, like I said, we, when we were talking about Mando, that show does so much for just kind of like the adventure of the week, the the, the side stories of the galaxy, uh, Andor being kind of the the everyday man, the 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 people learning to to rise up and fight against the empire and mm-hmm. and ahsoka expanding the mythology of the force and and uh the greater galaxy and we were talking about on our tales from the archives episode like uh 
Plagueis references to these beings, the Celestials, that the rumor is that they were yeah. they were just normal for force users that somehow transcended, you know, and and that sets up yeah. a lot of whatever Balin might be doing, maybe what Ahsoka ends up happening to Ahsoka. You know, you and I have been big big proponents of wanting Ahsoka to become the new the new daughter. I um, just think it would work. I just think work. it would work. Um, so it's a lot of cool stuff and a lot of really good setup and um, and a really good season one. So let's hope we get an announcement for season two, please. Well, I don't want to spread information, but I believe we already know that it's been greenlit. Um, it's yeah, it's like kind of rumored. We don't because it was the show wrapped when the strikes are still going. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Well, in my mind, I think it's something that they are working on. You know, I think Ahsoka got some pretty resounding success. So, yeah. yeah. Well, stay tuned. Well, Grayson, we have a commonality here once again. Mm-hmm. Once again. Number one is our good boy, Jedi Survivor. Dude, I love this game so much, man. Oh, God, I love this game, dude. It was, it, mm. I, for context, I like Fallen Order a lot. I think it's a great game, yeah. in my opinion. And it's an unpopular opinion, but I think Survivor truly trumps um, Fallen Order in every way. That's just me. I was about to use the exact same verbiage there. I mean, it it trumps it, dude. F- Fallen Order is great. I love Fallen Order. Uh, I played it at, you know, a, a really just a nostalgic time for me, I would say. Yeah. I have a lot of nostalgia playing that game, but Survivor, oh, I mean, it ta- it takes everything that we got from Fallen Order and it just increases it exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, our, our, we got our amazing twists. We have uh, just some fantastic character development for Cal and Seer, and oh man, we got we got a great new character, Bode and Dagon Gera and uh, man, Ravis. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just. It's just such an excellent Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, I I honestly don't want to go into spoiler talk here. Um, unless like we preface it. Because I feel like th- th- there's a lot of people that I know that really like Star Wars, but they haven't had the chance to play the game yet. It's it's because it's um, limited to next gen consoles, and I know that's tough for some people because people are still trying to get their Series X's or you yeah. know, beef up their PC or get a PS5. So I'll just go ahead and say that like we love Jedi Survivor. I don't want to spoil it for you. Just know yeah. that it's our number one and it might be yours too. So uh, we'll leave it at there. You, I'll give you about 10 seconds to please, pop off. Please check it out. Do yourself a favor. It is some amazing Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. Just just go. We'll be here when you get back. Okay. You can go into spoilers now. You want to take the reins on this, my guy? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the betrayal of Bodakuna is I love it's one of my favorite twists not only in Star Wars but in video games. I mean when that happened, yeah. I think you I'm trying to remember I think you were ahead of me because I came to visit you and our mutual friend uh-huh. um and so I was playing it a little bit while I was there but you you had a little bit of a jump start and so you think you got to that stuff before me. And when that yeah. stuff happened, I mean I was first of all the twist of him you know, working for the Empire and him, you know, killing Eno Cordova, which also really cool inclusion. Right after that, he came back, too. I yeah. mean, <laughs> and and then you uh, you chase after Bode. Yeah. And then you know, it reveals he reveals he's like, oh, you weren't the only one who survived. And he uses the force push. And you're like, what? And Dude. then he pulls out the lightsaber reverse grip with the blaster. I was like, I'm a what? Dude, 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 like. Okay, so yeah, first off, like the, the twist of him being a, a traitor, usually I expect those sorts of things. I was completely blindsided by that. I was like, no, no, you know, I could tell that something bad was about to happen. I had kind of like this, uh, this feeling. It, mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, make it applicable to the force, but I had a, a sense that something yeah. bad was about to happen. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was just so distraught. So, you know, we, we chased down Boat, and it's literally. It is, it is in, I mean, it is one of my top 
favorite Star Wars moments of all time now, where, you know, you get up close to him, he force pushes you away, says you're not the only one who survived, and then does a reverse grip lightsaber, and I'm like, no way, dude. I, like, I mean, at this specific moment, I was actually, like, hollering, and things don't, Things don't make me do that. I, I yeah. am not the kind of person when I'm consuming content to be like hooping and hollering, like we're like, woo, 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 you know, yeah. but while I was like, when that happened, I was like, no way, dude, no. Um, and then right after that, you get to jump, you jump, you, he beats you, you get beat, yeah. or if you beat him, no matter what, you, you get knocked unconscious and you click respawn you and you respawn as seer dude you're seer you're fighting down the empire and then vader shows up and it's like it is a four phase boss fight where she almost takes him down dude i mean it's so and then like you thought that the game was gonna end there but no dude we're chasing down bode we're, we're gonna go to this imperial base we're gonna go to tantalor it's a it is such a like i i, I was specifically like dude when is this uh, and not in a bad way i was like when is this game gonna end like i don't yeah. know when it ends at this point i thought it was gonna end right with vader just like it did last time but yeah, i mean here i am still I- i'm on this imperial base and oh wait no i'm on tantalor now um and the commentary just, of, mm. of cal going closer and closer towards the dark side you know yes of, of protecting his family i mean and and, and then you get to use the dark side and the way that it does it is so well, it's just so well done because it it's so easy to use. I yeah. was playing on Grandmaster mode uh, from the beginning and it made everything just so much easier. And yeah. then after that mission, when you press start, the me- like the, the menu red. screen is red. And I was like, oh no, dude. And not to mention the story ends on a bad note. Not good. It's not good. Like, like Marin's talking to Takata about uh, making sure that you don't lose yourself. The camera pans over to Cal and the musical note plays like a, like, like a lower key. And I'm like, oh, God, no, this is not this. We're, we're not doing well. I'm really worried about him. I'm really worried about Cal. I mean, he, he kills both. Like you, you, you talk Double about it all the time. Just dude, it's lays him out. It's so, what a what a great story. It it makes me really nervous because you know we talk about uh, how much I love Kanan, right? And Kanan is this character yeah. where you know a lot happens to him, but at the end of the day, he's he does not falter into the dark side, and he do, and he uses the love for for that he has for Hera and for his family, that being Ezra and Sabine and Zeb, everybody. He uses that in a way to sacrifice himself, whereas like he he never falters to the dark side. Cal is in this position where he's very similar, where he's he has yeah. this family, and now he has someone that he loves, that being Marin. Like they are, you know, they are cemented as now a couple, and uh, and now he's taken Kata under his wing. I mean, not to say that like you know Kata doesn't know what happened. Like she almost got hurt by her father, but it's just it's. I'm like, where does this go? Like, I'm so, I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. Like when Fallen Order ended, I was like, that was a great game. This one. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like I need more. I need more right now. I felt so just distraught when the game was over. Cause I was like, I don't know what's going to happen next now. Mm -hmm. I mean, where, where do we go from here? And I, I have to find out. I mean, at the very least, uh, Fallen Order was, was left at a point where, you're like, okay, well, well, what, what do we do now? But it's in a sense of I, I can I can wait for, for this to cook. But yeah. in this one, it's it's kind of like I mean, it's literally like this is the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy Absolutely. where where the bad stuff happens and you have to know what happens next. Um, I got to know. I mean, Cal, this game made Cal uh one of my favorite star wars characters he's i mean like he, yeah. he's almost right up there with with obi-wan now um and I, I mean he was he was not that in in fallen order i thought he was great in fallen order but jedi survivor i mean he's he's up there now um yeah. so what's gonna happen i gotta know what an amazing star wars story best project of the year yeah. um can't wait to see what happens next yeah i'm stoked i mean you've basically said everything that, that I need to say the 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 only thing I could think of is in terms of a gameplay uh, standpoint, you know the the um, 
the expansion on being able to use different lightsaber styles, whether it's single yeah. or double or dual or cross guard or blaster, like yeah, blaster. gives you so much creative freedom with how you want to play. You know, like the way you yeah. played was different than me, right? Like I just, yeah, I, was, I was dual, I was dual sabers, sabers the entire time. Yeah. That was your thing. And whereas like, I kept just a single saber and then the blaster. Cause I'm, I love using a saber with a blaster. That's the the Kyle Katarn in me, you know. But yeah, but um, you also got to to customize how Cal looked, and you got to customize your lightsaber, you know, and, and, and your blaster. Looks. Yeah, yeah, how BD looks. Uh, it's there. It, it just adds so many good things to uh, you know Fallen Order's uh, paradigm. Like it's it's hmm. game structure. Yeah. Um, it's just the makes enemy me really types. Excited. Yeah, the really enemy types. Upon the planets. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get to fight uh you get to fight uh some repurposed uh separatist droids, which mm-hmm. was really sick. Uh the yep. boss fights were awesome. I mean, they were just so, so cool. Uh yeah. the the I mean the, the the set pieces, like with with Marin using night sister magic to move you around. It was like a roller coaster. That was just so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh man. And then also uh hunting down different bounty hunters of that of the brood. Uh we got Boba Only Fett showing up. Boba Fett, yeah. Man. They, Good, they, great, they killed great it. Great game. Great the, game. I mean, the exploration is really, is, is phenomenal. Just being able to, like, the hunt to want to collect these different, you know, materials or pieces of your pistol or different yeah. clothing articles or hairstyles and, and, uh, and beard styles, things like that. Like, you can really make Cal be how you want to be. And, uh, it's, I, I really want to go back and, um, and play on New Game Plus with the, the modifier that allows everything to be like basically one hit with a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, basically you deal a ton more damage, but everything else does a lot more damage to you. Like one or two blaster shots and you're dead or, uh, but like a lightsaber, like can take out a boss in one hit, you know, that gamble sounds so cool to me. Um, I feel like some really interesting challenge runs. We yeah. also got the cantina too. Like finding people to add to the cantina was just so nice. I loved. That's one of my favorite features. And all I, of the was, musical tracks. Yeah. Like, oh, it's dude. That game is just so good. I I, I want to go back and replay it now. I cannot wait to see how much more they expand upon the next game. Um, yeah, me I'm too. a little worried because it was a uh, Steg Asmussen uh, or Asmunson, however you say it. He departed the project or he left mm-hmm. the team. Um, I don't think it was anything bad. I think he just moved on to a different position but he was a very integral part in that so i hope yeah. whoever they get in to step in is uh is a a worthy successor but um yeah but at I, the very I mean, least we still have the team as far as i can tell yeah um, and I mean, the writer and you know cameron monahan is still there and he says i think i from what i remember he said that is in development and it's and, and it's gonna be really good so um i'm excited That's, i'm excited let's let's get and, to it and i just can we just get more Star Wars video games in general? I know they take a little bit Please. longer, but I mean, hey, the, like this Survivor was one of the first games in a while where I was like, oh, that that goes up there in like the high ranks of my Star Wars games. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that we're back into a phase where like we, we've got multiple different Star Wars game projects that are being worked on right now. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get there. Um, now that the IP is pretty much open to any studio that, that Disney wants to work with. Yeah. Um, so cool. but yeah, I, I need me some more. I, I miss, uh, I miss the days where you, you had, you know, battlefront two and, and KOTOR and force unleashed and even Django vet bounty hunter, like all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff going at the same time. I mean, just ha- and Republic commando having all of these options to choose from. And it's basically like, it's kind of like star Wars visions where you just see a bunch of different interpretations of star Wars. So yeah, yeah. can't wait for that. I'm excited. Well, that's going to do it for our our top five 2023 projects, or at least the ranking of them, I guess, because there only really was five. If there was more, we would have ranked those too. But um, I'm very excited for next year. I don't really know what I'm most excited for. I mean, speaking of video games, we get we have Outlaws coming out. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's, it's Ubisoft, and I'm not a big Ubisoft person, but maybe this will be a, a good one. Um, Cautious. You know. Yeah. being cautious I, i'll still get it i'll still get it you know yeah. we'll see how it is um and then we've got uh yeah, like i said tales from the jedi season two uh, tales mm-hmm. of the jedi and uh and then um bad batch season three batch i believe three. the acolyte as well um I skeleton hope so. crew yeah i hope so too 
uh, we'll, and I mean, who knows what kind of stuff will be announced further into the year. Who knows? Yeah. We're also next year. We'll be you and I on tales from the archives. We will be experiencing a lot more star Wars stories with, with different books and things. So, Indeed. um, so maybe next year we can, uh, when it kind of gets around this, this time of year, we can talk about some of our favorite, favorite moments in star Wars that we experienced in 2023. We can maybe make that a separate thing where we can talk yeah. about like, Oh, Hey, we're, we wrap up Plagueis. You know, one of my favorite moments was this part in Plagueis cause we experienced that this year and that just added yeah. a lot. So, um, time will tell. We still have a whole year ahead of us, but Hey, happy new year's to, uh, to everybody. And we're very excited for what the next year of Mortis FM brings us. Um, we've already made a lot of progress and a lot of connections. There's just a lot of met a lot of really cool people um, within the past uh, roughly th- three months that we've been doing this. Four months, I should say, actually. So um, yeah. who knows what the next 12 could bring us. But um, thank you guys for your support um, in all regards, wherever you listen, uh, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone, for continually watching continually listening um and for just making mortis fm into something that we uh enjoy coming back to every single week yeah Um, i love it it's one of my favorite things and it's it's my passion project i know uh you've got your youtube channel but you're also a big part of this as well and uh shout out to to all the people that support us whether uh it's it's will at diamond figs we've got beyond the dune c connor and seth there uh tony i mean ashton all these people um that support us and just regular people that are fans of us like uh like quinlan voss and uh the real quinlan voss no <laughs> uh and, <laughs> oh, thanks, quinlan uh, voss. <laughs> uh andrew haley uh you're the man just people like you guys uh it makes it it makes it really fun and and makes me want to keep going has inspired me um so yeah the hey the the biggest problem in the galaxy is that no one helps each other you know true we we, we got to stick together as a community right what so, line is that from that is uh that that's little anakin um referencing his mom he says uh i think i'm pretty sure he, he says he's like my mom says the biggest problem in the galaxy is no one helps each other mm. um it's true yeah um so just stay positive i know that there's a lot of toxicity going around in the community at the yeah. moment um like obviously you know you, you it's hard to ignore uh just overt almost injustice at this point but like yeah. if you see someone that's just trying to make you mad just for the sake of it or if you feel like you want to bite back at some dude that's just trying to get a rise out of you just remember why you love star wars and go into the new year with just some positivity you know just like just keep doing what you're doing yeah that's all exactly that's all you gotta do well said well you can follow us at mortis fm on instagram and on youtube spotify and apple Podcasts. i already said that earlier you can follow me at shrades through eight as well you can follow me at the dot cosmic dot drifter on instagram Mm-hmm. And I have his YouTube channel linked in the description as well. I had, I've had for a couple weeks, but it's been there in case you didn't know. Go subscribe to him as well. Thanks. Um, you've got a lot of stuff planned for 2024 as well, so I'm excited to see what yes. you produce. I make some, uh, yeah, I make some really intermittent, uh, but also fantastic videos. So it's of nothing but pristine quality. Thank you, sir. I got something cooking right now. So he does. Let him cook. Let him cook. Cole, may the force be with you, my friend. And with you, always.